All right, welcome back. Episode six of the Slab Podcast, where the grades matter and there are no rules. As always, we appreciate the love and support. Please be sure to hit the like button and consider subscribing if you're enjoying some of this content. We got to jump right into the spicy topics of last week. There was a three-way tie. Three-way tie. Myself, Retro Specs, and of course, Professor Oak. We all tied with with six, and we appreciate you guys slapping that like button on all those comments, upvoting. But we're going to start it with Professor Oak's comment, the spicy, one of the spicy ones. He had said, grade with PSA. Simple as that. Let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about it. Thanks to everyone that left comments last week, too. I did see there were a few cool, was, cool ones. Yeah, in there. Hell yeah, guys. It was, it was definitely well represented in the in the comment section how many people were hitting the spicy comments awesome it was it, it was it was fun it was fun looking at and moving through so thank you i'm excited to see what we get this week um yeah agreed with psa i think i like the psa registry selfishly for my uh, collection keeping track i like the numbers uh that it gives me the data points that i can work with when i upload my collection on there I know what it's worth. I know what they're selling at. I know what they were selling at. I know what I paid for it, who I bought it from. Everything's there. That's really cool. For a, that's a free service too. I'm not paying any kind of membership or subscription for it. It's all free. So that's reason number one, I guess. Just, I mean, you guys use, uh, I've heard a few people talk about, Rattle was just talking with you on his um, interview video on your podcast he was talking about using the poker collector or whatever app for the raw cards, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. It's just free collecting service, which just enhanced. Like, there's a lot more features and pictures and a bit of excitement on, like, trying to get the uh, actual registries, you know, each, like, set and things that you can collect. There's a bunch of new ones have been added. They just uploaded. I don't know what they did. They just added a bunch of new cards that had been requested, uh, some requested that I had done like last summer, they just approved and they just did a little update. So I think the team has just made a quick push on, uh, on, on bringing some of it up to speed with some of the newer sets. But yeah, loads of reasons there with the registry. But also there's just like a lot of data points in general. I really like data. I work with data every day um, with my team at work. And you can look up what, things are selling for that you may be interested in buying yeah, what the population is there's uh like the grade systems are, are put in there so what do you, was it likely to hit you know the majority of newer stuff what is some of the older stuff what can you try and find to create and sell yourself if you're looking for opportunity there's just a lot of like data that you can do a lot of in inference from but also just a lot of hard data that you can use for your, for your own stuff so I really like that. Like, not it's not too spicy. That's that's like the fun, useful part of it, I guess, of why I say it. Um, the the spicy part, which I guess we should probably uh, uh, address the elephant in the room there, is I don't think the other guys are doing that well enough. And I know you've shown and touched on you specifically, Mister Green, um, on the CGC registry, and I know that Beckett, some of the others are playing around with those kind of things, but. PSA is just like crushing it with like their 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 system on how they're logging and keeping track of everything. They um pretty pretty 
consistently hold the highest price in correlation with the easy 10 sometimes. Um, it's not so easy to get a CDC or a Beckett 10, but you get rewarded for the payoff there. So I think it's a play of like the play it safe, but play it valuable for me going for the PSA 10. Like you're going to get a premium over other grades and other cards and stuff. May not be CDC 10 or um, Beckett 10 or SGC or whatever 10s. Uh, you know, that kind of price sometimes, but still a good price. So I think there's just a lot to be said for for it being like a good, solid choice, like a solid choice when trying to buy to sell. Uh, also, like the consistency, like I don't want to deal with a bunch of like rando cards and slabs like all over the place doing different things. Like I just use my binder for that stuff if it's just random cards that i like and enjoy generally like that's what the binder's for so i hope i sold myself enough on that but what's your thoughts please hit me yeah so this one this one hits me right in the nuts because uh <laughs> i uh graded with psa got cards back in the last week i got a box of 500 cards sitting downstairs in my hallway that i need to come bring upstairs with PSA labels, and I don't know, man. I uh, was not happy about my last return and watching TCA Gaming's recent videos, Gem and Pokemon's recent videos. So many people, after I made my video of posting my, it was only 54 cards because they split it in two. They, I set, submitted like 550 cards, and they broke off the 50 into their own submission. So I got those 50 cards back, and... For me, I feel like I got wrecked. I got like 45% 10 rate for all gem mint type cards, no whitening on any of them. Did not feel amazing. So this is this is where my mind goes to mm. when I'm thinking, should I grade with PSA or should I grade with CGC? I did get a 40%, 45% PSA 10 rate, but the other cards were completely wrecked. Like I would say PSA 9 vending series cards, I'm probably going to break even on a bunch of these because it's not a great feeling. Um, I intentionally submitted a bunch of damaged ones to CGC. I submitted all the ones with damage to CGC, and those got like 9.5s, 8.5s. Um, so I saved all the gem mint ones to send to PSA. So I'm not liking the current grading situation that's going on there. Um, I'm really nervous about what I got downstairs in my box. So just the general statement, yeah, you should grade with PSA, I don't think is a great thing this moment, maybe when people know what the F they're doing. Um, but I feel like they're definitely a huge learning curve. Modern cards are getting 90 plus percent gem rate for some Japanese cards. Um, mm -hmm. It is just not okay The with the way things are being, because I've, I've been grading cards for a not so long, but two years, but then also seeing, like I said, the TCAs, the Gem Mint Pokemon's just getting completely wrecked. He had Gem Mint Pokemon had like the same exact Japanese uh, graded card return in the last four days that I did. Literally only the trainer cards got PSA 10s. Pretty much all of my trainer cards got PSA 10s. All the Pokemon cards got wrecked with nine. So really weird. Um, the centerings were all pretty decent. So that's just my salty self, but also I I waited, waited for PSA to reopen their doors to me so I could submit them cards for how long. 
and I do yeah. it and I'm getting like I was like, all right, I got wrecked by CDC. I'm not gonna submit them these mid-range cards. Like these cards raw all range from zero to a hundred dollars. So I'm not like not gonna kill it, right? So I'm gonna save them for PSA, wait to get those tens. And doing that like com- completely screwed me. I feel like I should have just sent them to CDC instead of waiting a whole year. I probably should have sent them a year ago because they've been sitting in a freaking box and I could have flipped them like four times, but I don't know. I, I can't, I can't agree with just grade with PSA. Cause right now I, I think it's a, it's a crap show. It's, it's not looking good. I got two, I got two things. First of all, I have got a, I gotta, I gotta admit, I have a first world problem, bitter taste in my mouth about PSAs shutting down and PSAs delaying my cards that took like, I remember it was like fourteen months or something, like yeah. whatever it was, like how, like it was forever, right? That that wait for those cards to come back, I mean it was like like legitimately ridiculous, like how long it took to get those cards back from that submission pre shutdown. Still niggles at me. It still bothers me. It's still, still like a problem because that thing like played on my mind for like a solid year. Like, when am I going to get back? When am I going to get back? Like, I'm talking like childhood cards that were, you know, 20 years old and cards that I was hoping to sell. And a lot of them dramatically dropped in price. The few that I was going to sell, excuse me, was definitely, definitely dropped in price in that meantime, which obviously that's not. PSA's fault, but it's PSA's fault that they like committed to something that they weren't capable of 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 giving. You know, it's kind of like um, I I don't know. It's just kind of like any company committing. You know, like you better buy a pair of sneakers from Nike. You don't expect to get them in the summer. Yeah. Oh, we we don't have the materials to make it just yet. Why did you let me buy it? <laughs> like I want them on Thursday. It should be like two days shipping. What's going on? So it's just just kind of the, the commitment. So I do, I got to admit, I do have a bit of a, a salty taste in my mouth about that part too. But I am curious, those PSA 9s and 8s that you got, and this is straight up, I'm not being facetious, would you be better off if you'd have taken those cards that got PSA 8 and 9 and some CDC or SEC, do you think you'd be better off or worse off? Better off, they would have. Yeah, they definitely would have got better grades than the PSA nine. Oh yeah, like I said, I took. They look squeaky clean. Is that what you're saying? Yep. I peeled. I peeled all of them from the vending machine, vending sheets, and only the ones that had a little nick of whitening went to CGC. And I was getting nine point fives and eight point fives for the low, low, and I expected it because. I wanted oh, yeah. to grade. I wanted to grade some non-hollow cards with CGC again to see how they were doing it. Because before, as PK knows, you would just get completely obliterated with with non-hollow yeah. cards at CGC. So I yeah. wanted to see how they're doing. But yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like I want to send them there, but it's still it's already like a break even. A lot of these cards that I got nines on are probably going to sell for like twenty five ish dollars. So it's like, what's the point? Are they does it warrant if they did get a, a grade with CDC a nine five or ten or something like that? Does the price difference warrant the extra cracking slabbing and yeah, not point yeah, not at this point probably no. 
No, but it would have made sense to just might as well just grade him with CDC what would have been eight months ago instead of waiting for PSA to have a quick turnaround $15 bulk submission rate. That you waited on to, yeah. to yep. get out to them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the other thing is it's kind of like the the cost opportunity lost or whatever that phrase is where like yep. maybe maybe you could have made even more money, even if you made less with CGC back then. Potentially you could have made more money by using that money to make more money in the meantime, right? Yeah. Yep. So I I get you. I get you for sure. I still think for me, I've had pretty rough grades with CGC and took losses on a lot of the cards that I, that I graded and sold it on. That gave me a bit of taste. And I've seen the sale prices and the cost of some other cards with other grading companies that like just doesn't really excite me. I feel like with PSA, I, I feel a little more like, I guess, comfortable. Like I kind of know almost like what I'm getting or not yeah. getting kind of thing. It's a lot, it feels a little more consistent from my personal experience. But I do see that uh, a lot of the people, you know, in the Discord and YouTube and some of the vendors that I talk to, that kind of stuff, like they do have really consistent results with CGC. So they, it does interest me. But also, I'm not sure like what they're doing that I didn't do because mine looked really clean. The ones that I sent, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's all it's all like a little bit of like you don't really know what's going on. Like you don't know who's is it like a 16 year old or is it like a 50 year old that's like recovering from last night's Super Bowl game. Like you don't know. Like you yeah. don't know what day they're having, what they did the night before, what mood they're in. Did they eat? If they've got good eyes, are they nice? Are they strict on the policies? Are they not? Because you, you just said yourself that when you send CGC at a white spot, technically a PSA ten, if you look at the criteria, can have a white spot. So like you sent the ones that didn't even have white spots and they didn't even get PSA tens. Yeah. Like that's that's concerning, <laughs> right? If there's cards like that, I I get it. Like I've been there, definitely. There's I got a I got a four that's immaculate. Like I literally can't find anything. I I've, I had two flashlights on it the other day. It looked like the fifth time I've gone through it. I literally cannot find anything. You gotta you gotta crack, make a video, crack it out. That's that's what you gotta do. Yeah, maybe maybe I will. Maybe that maybe I'll just do that. A real simple one, just cracking it out and doing an inspection and zooming in. I've got a really good camera on the phone. Maybe that's it. But it is confusing when it's it's just like clearly a really well centered, really clean, gorgeous, gorgeous card, and it gets a PSC four. But then yeah. you know a lot of the cards I've had of tens, and I've 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 made a lot of money from PSA the past three years. Like I yeah. started grading with them in twenty twenty and. I'm very much net positive yep. with them. So, yeah, it, you know, I don't think I'm going to want to, because basically these cards I submitted the vending series and there's a handful of vintage Yu-Gi-Oh, but a lot of these I wanted for my personal collection in like a PSA 10 grade. Um, I yep. don't know if I ever will. I will, but it will be a while again before I ever do it again after I see some type of change of mm -hmm. like just a learning curve of all the new employees, kind of like CDC had a lot of growing pains 
uh, going through their initial graders and getting new ones. I would rather buy a PSA 10 because I see a lot of value in it right now because you're not getting them like crazy in some of these vintage cards, especially um, it's, it's crazy. I, I definitely see it a little bit increased value myself in not having to go through that grading process. Cause like I said, I'm about to be a raw card seller unless I'm, unless I'm grading modern stuff, then that'll, that stuff I'll, will just be sent. Like I know that stuff Fast. is like so easy to grade a lot of the times. I know what I'm looking for, but some of these nuances, the way that, like the vending cards were peeled off of this, they don't look anything like a PSA 10 modern card. Those cards look crazy good compared to those vending cards. Um, it's probably just those nuances that's that's kind of ruining it. So I don't know if I'll be sending in cards to get graded for the PC. Probably just stick to buying stuff because I'll be seeing a little bit more value in some of those 10s because it is getting ever tougher to grade some of those vintage cards and tens i tell you what yeah and if i mean that product is great if you're making money in other areas like you you can't feel bad about spending some money on getting one that's already in the grade you want like i I don't i never feel bad when i do that like you know people will say oh like why don't you just do it yourself and grade yourself like that's great but if you're hitting psa fours in this card that you think is like squeaky clean like just give me the ten. Like, I'll I'll think I'll find the money somewhere else. Like, I'll do something different to make that money that I would have saved by grading, grading it myself. I'll just make that money instead. Like that, yeah. I think that's fine. So I, I think you're good with that approach. I'm curious though. I don't want to extend obviously this topic too long, but it, I, I I am really curious on this because it could be a full podcast. I think just this one topic, like you say. Now, now my brain's ticking. There's a million things. Yeah. Where would you feel comfortable? You sent the 500 cleanest, gorgeous, crispiest cards you've got. Is it a 60% turn ratio? Is it 95? Like, I honestly don't know where I would feel that line is like, that's a good ratio, that's a bad ratio. Like, I just don't know. Because mine have been so random. Like, it, like I just, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so just to show, just to visualize it for people, this 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 is my ratio um, from this fifty card submission. See if I can pick this up with one hand. Oof. So the ten the tens are the shorter stack. So that's like roughly 45 percent, which is not bad as you would because you look at like the PSA oh, ten rate. Yeah, the PSA ten rate's about that. But when I'm sending in cards, I know that are straight from jesus's ass it's freaking it's tough it hurts <laughs> like it's I, crazy I would, I would expect just any pack fresh card to get 50 percent 10 ratio yeah no not the best of the pack fresh cards to get 50 percent. for yep. me that feels that does feel low that you had a 40 percent ratio yep I'm very curious on what the ratio is going to be on the other 500 on the big box. You're going to have yeah. a bigger, bigger data set, obviously, to play with. You're going to probably have a little bit more mixture in some of the cars that you've had. And I mean, where do you want it? 90? 80? Like, yeah, it's not going to happen. I can almost tell you. Just based on this, it scares the living shit out but of where, me. But where would you feel good, though? I would feel good at probably 60%. And then the that rest low. of them would be... Yeah, the rest of them would have to be nines. But yeah, but I'm gonna get slapped. I know it's coming. It's coming. I think 
I've been spoiled on some submissions and I've been wrecked on a couple. They've been a bit random. It's always the ones that are for me that I get wrecked on, never the ones I want to sell. So it's like bittersweet. Like yep. I know I can like sell the ones that I wanted to sell, make money, they're good. But the ones that I wanted for my collection that I didn't want to have to pay for, yeah, they're the ones that I've had some bad grades on. So yeah, it's, I don't I don't know where I would lie. I would want more like an 80% ratio. If I really did send oh, my yeah. best cards, like I'd feel I'd feel more comfortable at like the 80 mark. 60 for me, I think I would feel disappointed still. Um, yeah, 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 I agree. So I definitely, yeah. So thinking about it that way, like 60%, I'll be like, okay, I got 275 PSA 10s. That's that's, that's a, a decent lot. amount. Yeah. But if, yeah, if you're talking like if I submitted 10 cards um, and I, I would definitely want at least eight 10s, if I went through them perfectly, like I did with these cards, I went through them um, card by card, pulled out the ones that had the fine hairline scratches, out of the vending stack, I, none of these have those, so I'll definitely especially, especially that time investment you've done too. Like you yeah. want you want to be paid for that. Like you you need some reward. Yeah. Uh, that one I did, it was like 130 or whatever, 130 something. I spent hours and hours going through the cards, picking out the best ones, picking out the ones that I wanted, the ones I wanted to sell. Top quality, I moved a bunch to, all to the side that like didn't make the cut. And then, um, yeah, I had to upload them. You got to actually enter them in, and like then you go package them. Like it's just like it's just like a lot. It's a lot of investment into it. So yeah, that's interesting. I'm really intrigued to see what you get. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm really hoping it's going to be good, um, and we can prove that first package wrong. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Shall see. I hope PSA pulls one out of their hat. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, any anything else on your uh, your spicy topic that uh, somehow made it tie me and retro? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. So, uh, all right. Moving on to the uh, the other ones. So, mine and retro is kind of related. So, I had made the comment. Lorcana will be the biggest TCG disappointment in 2023. And Retro didn't seem to agree with that. He had made a comment saying, you're smoking dust, LMAO, Lorcana gonna print. So. Two sides of the fence right there for that six and six. So I I baited you guys a little bit in my comment. So Lorcana will be the biggest TCG disappointment. I do believe that, but I do believe they're going to print and I think they can do both. So, and I'm, I heard Mason mention it actually, I think in his live stream, Mason. So those of you who don't know, there's a gentleman named Mason Berry owns a, a gaming store called Cardinal gaming, in Louisville, Kentucky. He had made a comment on a live stream that literally was exactly my thoughts when I made my comment. Um, me saying it'll be a disappointment. So obviously they're coming out this year for the first time ever. It is being made by a, a, a puzzle company is going to be producing these cards. Yes, they're going to print. They will sell out. I guarantee that, but they're not going to have enough. There is going to be so much disappointment in people not being able to get products just the underprinting or issues with keeping up with demand, 
I could see them treating it almost like a base set Pokemon. It's going to be way more volume required than MetaZoo, what they did when they first kicked off. Um, it's going to be, like I said, a huge disappointment because they're not going to be able to meet demand for their first ever TCG they're ever making. I think it's going to be a big impact from a small group. I don't think it's going to be big printed. I don't think it's going to be widespread. Every Disney fan is obsessed and buying them. And, and like, I just don't think that many people in the Disney realm are card collectors. I feel like it is too, even though there is some overlap, I think there is just, more separation than I think. Like Disney isn't like a collecting thing; it's more like an experience thing, like a show or an entertainment thing. Pokemon is like the games have always been better than Disney games. Like we've seen a lot of Disney games; some of them have been cool, but like nothing special. Um, the TCG video games I'm talking about TCG stuff it feels a little more like nerdy like i consider myself like a bit of like a nerd or yeah. dork or whatever you call it i don't know and disney is more of like what the cool fun people like to do i don't it's just like different mentalities almost like different like cultures maybe we should call it i don't see it being as big of a thing i don't i don't know if it's going to be as big of a thing as people think but i think the people that are interested in it i think they're going to go hard I think it's going to be big for them. I think it'll be a big deal to people that really are sucked into it. And I've already seen some big money being spent and thrown around with it, which doesn't surprise me. That's kind of my view on it, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think disagree a little bit. I feel like Disney is like one of the only other major IPs that crosses the sex barrier between having male and female interests like Pokemon. Like Pokemon, obviously, there's male and female collectors. They're both into it. Disney obviously mm. does that the same thing. Um, that is huge. Like that impact, just doubling your your capacity of different people that you're reaching out to is huge alone. Magic the Gathering doesn't do it. They're primarily men. Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't do it. Primarily men. One Piece, I'm not sure, but I think it's mostly men from the pictures I see of people going to tournaments. That type of stuff is a serious limitation, but I think also I think Disney is hugely collected, um, like different figurines and different just things from, and usually those collections are more like statues or different type of memorabilia from the actual Disney locations. It's not so much cards and stuff like that. I do agree, but I feel like it's there's so much possibility. Like if they start putting it on the shelves in these Disney stores at Orlando. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't. I feel like it's going to be there at Disney Springs inside their Disney store at Orlando International Airport in the Disney store. They're going to have these cards there. Like they're going to have them everywhere. And I, I, I don't know. I think the cards are really easy to read. Um, not a lot of text going on. It looks like it's going to be an easy game to play. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, and I think it's going to be a disappointment for a lot of people that want to buy it. Them being able to keep it on the shelves seems likely, highly unlikely um, based on what demand I'm seeing. And I know there's TC or uh, sports card collectors that are also going to stalk on it. So 
that is when the when the sports card people get into it that we saw what they did after Gary V pumped the crap out of Pokemon. They all got into Pokemon and the, we moonshotted. So them getting into Lorcana off the rip will not be amazing. I expect whatnot packs to be like a hundred bucks a piece probably on release day. It's gonna be insane. Hmm. Just having something to think about. I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious on like this. Obviously, this is slabbed podcast, and I'm curious on like the slabbed side of it. Like them maintaining what the quality is going to be like. Are we going to be hitting a lot of PSA tens that kind of stuff? I, I heard Ivy speaking about it. Um, she was she was saying that she had pretty good ratios with her with her tens that she she submitted on the original. Yeah, like Expo. whatever Expo. box it was called. Yeah, like she, she did really well on that. And some of them were selling pretty high. She was going to hold on to one because she felt like they were going to be worth even more when, you know, when everyone else gets into the into the game. I don't know. They're expensive. I, I, They're expensive. I don't know. Yeah. I, can, I can see stuff like that. I can see slabs and people that are really into it really spending crazy money. Like, I mean, Disney is expensive just to visit. Like, no matter, like the hobby part of it and everything else, plushies and dresses and even the DVDs, like everything's like very expensive. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they didn't have a problem spending money. I just don't know how many people are going to be interested in a Disney card game. Yeah. It's just It just has never really been a thing. Like it's just, I hate to say it, the phrase, but like it kind of feels a little bit to me like making fetch happen. Like, remember that? Uh, I don't know. No, I can't see. I can't. I can't see that many people getting that crazy about it. Like, hey, I can see them selling it everywhere, trying to sell it, being on shelves everywhere. I can see it. I just can't see like people being like Pokemon about it. Pokemon's got twenty odd years on 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 Disney doing that stuff. Disney's been around a little bit longer than Pokemon, I think, but. Also, people have spent a boatload of money the past couple of years on Pokemon cards. Yeah. So maybe they will, will start spending a bunch of money on this stuff too because it's something new. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Would you rip a box with your kids since they would know probably every character inside of it? Yeah. I mean, if it was retail price, yeah, absolutely. I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably get one. I might even get one just like, to display for the memory of it, you know, just because it's a cool, cool little thing. But I'm not someone that's going to like go on eBay and like, because it's like you can't get it at the shell on the yeah. shelves. Like, go on eBay and spend an extra 50, 100 bucks or whatever, like to on, a, on an auction or whatever. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that into it. But if it, if I was at Walmart and it was on sale, like, yeah, I think, I think my, my daughter's been dressed like a Disney princess the past five hours. I just put to bed, like, had to, tear her dress off basically she's obsessed with them we yep. watched cinderella together last night i mean she's literally obsessed she's four like turning five soon yep. so yeah she, she's obsessed with disney just like every other little girl and some big girls so um i don't know she has no interest in cards at all no interest yeah i think it would be insane thinking of like what they could do for like secret rares and stuff like that and like if they incorporated like the pokemon modern art styles like the extremely very mm. artistic extended art like disney princesses with like the lore of all the villains and all that stuff they could do <laughs> some pretty 
effing crazy things. And I hope they do it. Who do you think, out of the princesses, who do you think would be like the biggest hit? It's got to be Cinderella. No, I was going to say Elsa. Yeah, Cinderella's had way more movies. Um, but yeah, I could definitely modern now, nowadays, Elsa probably in the first set, there probably would be a big Elsa card. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got me thinking. I want, like, like you say, like, I wonder if some of the stuff would actually be kind of hard to get. Like, even yeah. though the boxes are everywhere, they don't always have the same. Like, does it have the exact same cards in every box, or does it have like, is it like our boxes? With yeah, it's like, that like yeah, it's, it's a trading card game. It's not like a deck building game. So it's yeah, randomized gambling. That, that could change things a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if if there's if they're seeded one uh, whatever. Like is gonna have that card or that one special variation or yeah, I don't know. There's I think there's a lot of potential there for that side of stuff, but also like uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I'm a little I'm a little dubious. I was yeah. also a little dubious about MetaZoo and it's done very well. It's done a lot better than I thought it was gonna do, honestly. Yeah. Still get wilderness booster boxes for like 40 bucks. What seance is doing okay, and some of the other ones, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Pumping, out, pumping out the money into the tournaments. I doubt Lorcana is going to be having uh $125,000 tournaments in year two, so in yeah, mul- multiple of them. So it, it'll, I doubt they'll be doing that, but I it'll be interesting. That's, that's a good point, too. Is it is it one and done? Like, is it just that, or is it then going to be themed sets? Is it going to be different seasonal, like, ones and expansion packs and this and that? Like, it's going to be all different things that you can add on and do, or is it just going to be like, here's the game. Like, go go find the cards you want out of these boxes, and it's going to be the same boxes, you know, getting knocked out the same set. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't heard. I don't know enough about it. I, I think it's maybe that's why I'm dubious. Ignorance. Yeah, no, that'll be interesting. I uh, definitely think I can't wait. I think I looked on their website and said September, but I thought I heard June. Oh, I thought it was earlier than that. Yeah. No, their website says September right now for the first whatever first chapter. It said. I feel like that keeps getting pushed back, pushed back, probably because they're supposed to be printing them at Millennium Print Group, and uh, they they got Millennium's doing it. I'm joking. I just made that up completely. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? That'd be a shit show. <laughs> That's why we have no Pokemon product right yeah. now. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah, that'd make complete sense, though, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Because, yeah, Pokemon would not take on another TCG at their printing facility they own. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think... I mean, I, this might be a spicy topic. I don't think Disney would even care about it being printed in America. I, I think they'd be quite happy paying... You look on all their products that you buy, it all says like made in whatever country. Like none of it says made in America. So yeah. sort of money grab. So it could it could just be, you know, Alibaba or whatever. It could be one of those uh, cheaper ones. I don't know. We'll see. They seem good quality from what I saw. Yeah, it looked like gave me like English American TCG vibes though, like it didn't give me like uh Bandai type uh vibes and looking. Oh, at yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, looking, yeah. I, don't I know. agree. 
I feel like you could see a difference between cards made in Asia right now and cards made in the U.S., which is really weird to say, but I could picture no, you, a difference between them. They're more like plasticky, right? I don't know what the phrase would be. Almost yeah, like the really, yeah. more like a, how you have like vari variations with paint. You have like matte and like yeah, satin. Silk, yep. satin. Like, yeah, they're more like satin. They're called almost. Yep. Yep. Same could be said for Japanese Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It's there's a little bit difference there. Same with the Pokemon, I feel like. I don't know if I've ever held a Japanese Yu-Gi-Oh card. Pokemon DNA will have a few at Collecticon. You have to check them out. I will. He's getting the big squeeze when I see him. <laughs> okay, so Retro said you're smoking dust. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I think you might be. I think you might. Not. I, I'm. I'm on. I'm a little on the fence. I, I don't know if I'm feeling as spicy as you. You guys are. Yeah. So he's. Me and him do agree in a sense that we. I. We both think it's going to print. Yeah. But I. I had kind of baited a little bit, saying it's going to be a disappointment. But I do think it's going to disappoint a ton of people because it's going to be lack lacking enough availability. So. Me and him were on the same page. I just didn't give my full answer. Left it kind of open ended. So, and he's not here to really comment on on himself. So he could do that down in the comments. <laughs> so, but no, that was good. It was definitely. Uh, I definitely appreciate all everybody's feedback, all the comments, all the likes, the upvotes on all the comments was really good last week. Let's do it again. Let's get some more spicy comments because, as we see, we're about halfway through this podcast. We just talked about the spicy topic, so this is definitely my favorite segment to kind of get get into some of that hot stuff going on and uh, talk about it. So, let's talk spicy for next week. What do you What do you got for me, Oak? Anything? Um, <laughs> Mueller. <laughs> I haven't had a whole lot of thought put into it this week. I'll be honest with you. I've had a little bit of a crazy week. I've had a lot going on uh, at home with like things I've been trying to tackle. Um, I'm trying to think right now of how best to word this um, to make it succinct. So it's, it's not a, a whole dialogue, basically. Um I'm going to say that uh, – <laughs> well, I don't like this so, sometimes when I have to do this. I want to say that YouTube isn't always the best place to discuss stuff. I don't, I'm trying to think like how best to say it. YouTube is like maybe not the best place to like have discussions and get your thoughts and feelings out. I've seen some videos lately, a little bit of drama, a little bit of spice to it, a little bit of like personal altercation type stuff. And I, I'm just like, it just doesn't feel like the right media outlet for it. Like it doesn't feel like the right place. I feel like you should deal with that situation like an adult uh, instead of making uh, bitch ass videos. I'll just say it. So, uh Yeah. Damn, you did not like my last video. Holy shit, no. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, it's good. That's good. K 
can't wait to see how you word that. In the how do I word that? I'm trying to think like how to make that small. Like, and I, I'll figure it out. I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, so I'll get a few votes. So I'm in a similar boat to you. I had not thought about this much until about probably about 45 seconds ago. Um, that's why I wanted you to go first. <laughs> give me a give me a little bit of time to think about it. But uh, definitely is Pokemon related this time. Not talking about Lorcana or any other TCGs. Pokemon is mooning right now. I don't think this is sustainable. I think we are in a bubble again and we don't barely realize it slab wise rule wise everything wise yep yep okay yep pokemon's in a bubble get ready to hold on again i'm very intrigued i'm gonna slightly stick on but slightly deviate i'm very intrigued on what the new series without ash and pikachu is gonna do to maybe bring in or lose people like what that dynamic's going to feel like i don't know if that's as big of a deal as what it feels like i feel like it's a pretty big deal yeah i feel yeah, like a lot a lot of people are talking about it like a lot a lot but i don't know for us in the card world like we don't have a lot of ash cards yeah, I just was talking about that last night in my live stream, actually. I was like, man, what Ash cards are there? And then people listed like 20 of them. So they're they're out there. <laughs> I was looking them up, but yeah, I was I was shocked. There, there, there there's a few. Yeah. There's a lot more in Japanese than there is English, first of all. Yeah. Right. So we've got a there's an app. So obviously you're like segregating a whole like two different types of collectors. Some there's overlap, but a lot of people like want to collect one or the other worldwide wise. Um, in our group, obviously there's probably the biggest overlap, you know, the kind of people that are subscribing you guys listening right now. Um, there's probably more overlap, but just generally most people don't collect Japanese or don't collect English. Um, so that, that, that's definitely interesting, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if, it's a direct, there's going to be a direct correlation. I think the thing that I'm most, I want to say nervous, but it's probably more like apprehensive or something, more like curious. I don't know. Is Pikachu still going to be the main face of promos for the cards? It kind of feels like that's because it's the main character and the main display Pokemon for like most of Pokemon, like is the branding yeah. face. So, like, if you're moving from anime, is that a bigger picture move for Pokemon? Is it just anime? Is it now nah, not going to be the bigger picture of, like, marketing materials, pushes, cards, like, games? Like, is it going to be, a le like, a lesser presence than other stuff? And is something going to replace it? Is it going to be, like, a Pichu? Or is it going to be, like, Greninja or uh, Wiggler? Uh, I mean, yeah, correctly. I mean, it could be anything. I don't know. I I would think it's probably not going to be something from the original 150. I, I would assume. I don't. I, I don't know. I feel like they would have already done that by now. It's been 20 odd years. You don't so think like, Pikachu will be the fourth starter like he was for the original series for this going forward? You don't think he's going to be the one carried on carrying the torch? I don't know. That would be insane. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm apprehensive yeah. about. I feel like 
That would have been a good spicy topic. <laughs> I feel like they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna lose him. I feel like they're gonna drop him. So you're selling your entire collection. Got it. <laughs> I have sold a few actually. Yeah. I, I, the reason I've sold a few, you know, be honest, just complete transparent, and I'm taking some to collect on to hopefully sell too. Um, is I've seen prices dropping, so I'm like, why don't I just sell them and buy them back when they're cheaper? I'll just buy them when they're cheap because right now some of them have gone down quite a bit and they're still going down. So like, sell them and buy them back. Like I'll make a profit by doing that. So um, yeah, I don't know it. It, they could go up. I mean, when that's announced, maybe that's like, oh, this is the last of the Pikachu cards or last of Pikachu during that time frame. I, I don't know. There could be like some mentality behind it that's FOMO kind of style. I, I don't I don't know. There's just so many Pikachu cards, though. It's crazy, like, how many there is. Um, yeah. So there's plenty out there for people to play with and, and collect and grade and everything. It's just a case of the, what the mentality does if they drop him from the anime and the games and stuff, it starts being less of a forefront of the branding. How do you replace Pichu? It's freaking Pichu. Like, are you I kidding know. me? I, I feel like he's going to be, he or she's going to be in the new series as that. Maybe that's it. Maybe it switches to a female Pikachu because at the moment it's male. Oh. Or Ash gives up his Pikachu. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like literally he gives it up to the new trainer, retires, maybe he dies in a bike accident on the using his old rod on the pier. I don't know. <laughs> so so anything could happen. And I never thought about that. He said it. Maybe it just goes to a different Pikachu. It's not the same one. Maybe it turns to a different trainer as a female Pikachu, and it's a female trainer. Yeah. That That would be... Wow, that would be pretty cool. Do you remember how Ash got his Pikachu? I just watched this with my kids. They just started watching Pokemon this weekend. Uh, from Oak, right? When it when they went out, wasn't it? Um, on Route One or whatever, and he went out, and I'm trying to remember what happened. Oh, he like got mad at him or something, and zapped him right out of the gate. I forget the actual story. So there was, like, their machine, right? So the machine has, like, the three Pokeballs, the Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle. He has the machine with the three Pokeballs. They're all missing because people came and grabbed them. And then, Pikachu like... Pikachu wouldn't go in one, though, right? From, yeah, from the center of the machine, the Pikachu ball came out, essentially. But Pikachu was in it. Yeah, Pikachu was, yeah. part in. Yep. Oh, it must have been after they refused to get in it, then. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. I think, yep. Yeah. Exactly. He came out, I think, right out of the ball, right when the ball came up and he electrocuted him. But, yeah, he didn't want to go back into the ball after that, essentially. Yeah, it's been some years since I watched the first one. I, I rewatched them all again when COVID first kicked off because I was like, what do I do with my life right now? Yeah. And I got I got made, <laughs> I got made like, furloughed or whatever you call it, for, like, two weeks. And, uh, yeah, I did a lot of, like, walking my dog and DIY and watching Pokemon. And I watched all the, you know, the first few series again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a while back now. I don't really remember, but that's good. That's, it's going to be interesting how they would introduce, whether it would be like that, like a new one being selected or gifted or what they would do with that. It's cool. I love the story. It's a cool story. I mean, it's changed a lot since, 
you know, since that, those original series, but it's still the heart of it is still like pretty consistent with the battling and collecting and the fun and the personalities, so many different personalities of Pokemon and trainers and yeah, good guys, bad guys, all the rest of it. It's the heart of it's fun. I, intrigued to see what they do, how hard they push the uh, YouTube streamer girl, whatever her name is. Uh, I forget what her name is in the new series. It's like a social media star trainer. Oh, really? I feel, I feel like they're going to make a big deal out of her. Like a really, really big deal. Because like she's, she's going to be the one that's going to probably be the closest to like modernizing Pokemon, essentially. Interesting. Yeah. She's crazy looking too. She's wild. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's cool though. I'm glad they're trying to grab, you know, the young, the youngins. Yeah. It's, it's multi-generational now, just like sports cards has multiple, multiple generations in it. Um, Pokemon's going on like it's second generation of collectors and maybe third in some cases, really rare cases, but. Sports is still ahead by several, several generations, I would say. So it's got a lot of room to grow in that sense. I bet that a lot of young adults, I'm talking like 18 to early 20s, a lot of them are really still interested in sports, right? Yeah. And it's like sports cards. I would imagine less ratio-wise, less of them are into like Pokemon at that age right now that like current age group yeah just like us when we went through that age group i feel like we fell out and yep but you're still watching some sport and having beers we we boys all the rest of it so based off that how many people in that age range do you think have been using pwcc this past year or two not many i feel like it's an older guy thing right the yeah actions and like that kind of stuff. I'm assuming I don't. I don't know many young people that have been using auction style stuff other than eBay. I didn't know about graded cards till I was probably in the 20s. I grew up with playing cards and TCGs and all that stuff. So I'm sure it's completely un. Oh, they might have seen. I it was now, 30, but, I think. Yeah, with with all the headlines, it helps with the Logan Pauls and the Mickey Mantles and the Honus Wagners hitting headlines of grading cards and top of the yahoo page and uh life magazine probably at this point um it's definitely a lot more mainstream yeah time magazine it's way more mainstream now but yeah it's definitely like colson i think is one of the younger ones uh inside of the game of just buying and selling that i know of and uh yeah he's seems to love it he can't there's no way he's on pwcc like he he i've never heard him talk about that maybe he is well, like I can't imagine that he's playing around PWCC. He he has his fingers in so many different parts yeah. of the area that he's playing around yeah. with. Agreed. Yep. But that's yeah. that's interesting. I never really thought about it until until just now with what you were just saying with like multi generational. Because I was thinking about was it you know talking about PWCC and like who is on that site, who's buying, who's selling, who's listing on there, who's selling them stuff. Because a lot of sports cards, right? It's a there's a big sports card community on PWCC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Pokemon, like I said, for the people that are in PWCC, it's it's just one generation of people inside of that. It's not 
multi-generational yet. The second generation of collectors are still not with driver's licenses. <laughs> like they're still still pretty young. So thirties. It's people in the thirties right now, that, right? Yeah, that's the first generation of collector. The second generation is our kids, which is maybe the high end of fifteen years old. I would say that's really high end age yeah. for our, our kids. So yeah. It's uh you you gotta kind of have like patience, I feel like with PECC and heritage and you know, gold and that kind of stuff. It's like there's a certain level of like patience and like knowing you need that card and you gotta get for it, wait for it, watch for it, check for it, scout and that kind of stuff. Whereas I think a lot of people probably in the younger generations go to eBay, buy it. Like that's why we sell it. We're seeing Moonbrions going to the moon. That's why we're seeing like crazy wife who's going for his money like the patience level just isn't there for the younger generation and i sound old and like like crickety need saying that but but like i just think it's a reality i just don't think the patience and like the play is there honestly hmm. yeah do you uh do you recall happen to recall how many items used to get auctioned through pwcc on ebay like ballpark <laughs> Like in one in one week because they or no they did it monthly, I believe it was monthly for the longest time. It was it was too many for me to check. Like right. I remember, like, I remember looking and just like I'd I'd just get bored. Like there was just so many like to go through and scroll through and stuff. I'd just go to their seller seller page seller yeah. whatever it's called yep. store from whatever it's called. And it just felt like I was scrolling. I was like, loads of stuff I didn't want to see. Type Pokemon, figure it out. I mean, it was like, it was an effort, but uh, it was a lot. Yeah. And now, like when I did the stream yesterday, so, and then just to bring that up, they had, again, another like technical issue this time, not as nearly as detrimental as like the, the first time. It was like it completely shut down the website last week. This week it was just lagging a little slow. It still was enough to deter me and make me upset and actually take way too much time. So I didn't get to look at as many cards. So hopefully next week we're clean slated and ready to go. But so far it's been pretty rough experience the last two weeks for me. <laughs> um, it's been pretty crazy. And then I know Certified Link, which is another auction site, primarily video games where they do cards as well, um, just completely got wrecked, just like PWCC did. The entire website went down right when the auction was starting. Have you used them? I've never heard of them. Yeah, yeah. For games primarily, but yeah. Oh. I think their auction's going on right now as we're recording because it got delayed because they literally bricked the site. They kicked it back another day. Yeah, for reference, guys, we've filmed this Monday night. So if anything happens Tuesday morning, that's why we don't talk about it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's that sucks. You you would think something so established, and it is a pretty clean site and a pretty clean app that they have. They've made a couple of nice updates that were very much needed the past few months. But um, yeah, maybe traffic, just general like the craziness of a high volume, a lot of eyes, a lot of connections jumping in, um, just kind of throw things off. It has to be a lot of pressure on the servers there. I think. Yeah. Because this is the first month they've introduced uh, anybody can participate in extended bidding, and maybe that's pulled yep. a few more people. Like, oh, okay, now I can look at everything and bid on everything. I don't know, but it's still way too many cards in the auction for me. 
being 3,700 Pokemon cards. It's like 150 pages of 24 cards per page. I just can't see everything. It's so much time to want it. I'd love to see everything, but I, there's no time. Yeah, you, you need to know what you're looking for. It's harder to discover something new and exciting and like stumble upon something when there's just that many. And the filtering isn't that great. You can't filter for like PSA or PSA 10 or you can't filter anywhere near as good as eBay. And I don't know why, because the data is there. The data set's clearly there. They, they use like pictures. They can just click 10 PSA. Yeah. Another couple of clicks, which with the, with the fees and the amount of money they're making, like they're not cheap to sell with. So it's there. I mean, maybe it's manual, maybe it's auto, maybe they team up with PSA and just get it all auto uploaded from the um, from the cert number when they scan it. Maybe just scan each one and it auto uploads it, you know, with their database. I don't know. I know they have some kind of uh, mess around with the set registry because they post pops. I, that's why I send my low pop stuff there because they highlight yeah, one yeah. of six or whatever. Like that is a big uh, bonus point for me. I've, everything I've had with a low pop marker has sold higher than it would have on eBay for me, uh, and wow. has, has, has exceeded my my I don't know like hopes. I guess it's gone gone over what I what I thought. So if you if you have something low pop, like I, I would 100% sell it to PWCC just based on the pop and their highlighting of it, as long as it's a PSA grade. Um, but they're not integrating enough. There's a lot more they could do with it. Um, but maybe they will. Who knows? I'm do always you, optimistic with that stuff. So, Do you think ZNG Emporium is the next PWCC for eBay? I, I think he already is. Yeah, I think he's there. I think, uh, you know, we've talked, there's a few guys doing it. ZNG is uh, interacting with people, which I think helps set you apart a little bit. Um, differently, like making videos about people selling cards and making videos about people buying cards, the cards that are listed. You know, there's it's done a few different approaches now. Uh, it's, you know, even talked about you, you know, showed your, um, yeah, showed your submission when you sent it in. I mean, that's like exciting. That's cool to like be part of and cool to see what's going to get listed or what is currently listed, that kind of stuff. I think if he continues, um, having fun with that and, and interacting with people and, and making it an experience. I mean, it's gold dust. Like it's, it's brilliant. So I'm happy for him. I know he, I remember when he first made some changes, you know, when they moved house and it, it kind of changed things up a little bit, you know, no more Lauren scare cam kind of stuff. It's, it's definitely like changed a lot, but I, I'm excited that like it's paying off and his, his grit is, yeah. is like kind of paid off of sticking with it and knowing like what it needs to get done and, and getting it done. Like he's getting stuff done. Like that's cool. That's it's cool crazy. See. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying that's cool to see. Yeah. That's cool. The, uh, what I was thinking, like, I think it was yesterday while I was streaming, I was thinking, it's like, man, like PWCC has 3,700 items a week. When they first started doing their weeklies, it was like 1,500 items a week. And yeah, I feel like Z and G Emporium with their two three man operation are doing a thousand cards a week at least, and that's crazy. That they're almost to like the PWCC Pokemon weeklies 
that PWCC was a year ago, that about that volume already. Um, and they obviously haven't turned on sports cards yet, so that could get a little bit nutty. But um, no, I think it's, it's fee all, wise, yeah, yeah. My only, my only, my only recommendation is just just tighten the time in between those listings. Let's 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 tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, that's tricky. Uh, to, yeah. Whenever you got to do an extra step to put control in on anything, like you know, you got a little that's a little bit of trickiness there. Yeah. I think I think a couple of things um, that like run around in my head is the fact he's doing it from his house. <laughs> my wife just flicked me off. So we're good. Sorry. Hey, wife. Yeah, you want to say hi? She just got back from the gym. So is it Megan? What's her name? Yeah. Yep. We're, yeah, we're hi recording. Megan. Hi. Yeah, I can't get in the camera. I'm gross. Hi. <laughs> hi. We talk about you like literally every day. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> like, she just she just carried like, that five five hundred card submission up here. She was. No way. Yeah, she did. You My back can't handle it, so she's she's the heavy lifter now. <laughs> you should wife her a second time. She sounds like wife material. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're about to... the first time. I don't know about the second time. Yeah. Well, Lovely to meet you. I'm, that's me meeting. I know it's you meeting me for the first time, but it was me meeting you for the second time. Yeah. I remember yep. watching, watching your video. Um, we're about to hit our 10 year anniversary in a few weeks. Awesome. So we'll Dang. Plan, plan yeah. for that. Yeah. Congrats. That's awesome. Longest 10 year vacation I've <laughs> ever had. Before. Yeah. That's awesome. When do we yep. go back? I don't know. Yeah, we'll be at eight years this year, which is it's crazy. Great flies by, man. Yeah, that's nuts. The first seven apparently is like there's you ever heard of the seven year age? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. My sister was telling me about it and I was like, <laughs> Oh, I'm at eight years, like I'm good. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you're hopefully, good. You passed it. Hopefully I'm over that hump. So yeah, I'm glad you guys were over it too. That's good. The yeah. kids are safe. Oh yeah. Thank you. Appreciate yep. you. Good night. I owe you. Yeah. Bye, Megan. Bye. Um, what was I saying? Was Great question. Great question. Oh, oh, I know what I know what it was. Round two. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I was just saying um, with Z and G, he's running, he's running out of his house, and I gotta say, like, I don't, I like, I'd be nervous, not as a seller, but like him, like I'd be nervous having that many people's like investments and like personal money and maybe money they don't have like all tied up in my house and i'm responsible for it i don't know what kind of security he has but like i would be like super paranoid on that kind of stuff i've done a few um not many but i've done a few middlemans for people that have trusted me you know in the discord and stuff i do it privately i don't i don't like uh shout about it or who or when or whatever but yeah. just a couple of little things and like even those small things excuse me, um, has made me like feel a little nervous, like having it at my house and like the responsibility of it. So I don't know if he's planning on doing it at like a secure location or anything like that, but I think that's super interesting. Also, the other thing is uh, like you're saying with volume, like, like this is a good point. What you're saying with sports cards that pops off and, you know, they get wind of his fees or like how good he is, how fast he is, that is, uh, you know, interacting with the audience, that kind of stuff that it, that is like, you know, a good person to consign with. 
that could get that could get real exciting real quick. Like that yeah. could be I need to hire people and like get this figured out kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. It kind of goes into this next topic of flipping cards. I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Um, I know we're we've both done it in some aspects, but I'm curious. Are you flipping or are you looking into any type of flipping plays? Are you are you more just collector boy right now? What's uh what's your mindset in this? How do we how do we define flipping? Going to source a card, getting it and flipping it into the market by either grading or selling it raw, but we're probably by grading it, but with the full intentions of just making money by obtaining something. Yeah, I mean I'm doing that almost weekly yeah like pr- pr- like pretty much always i haven't had as much opportunity lately because i haven't had my eyes on as much stuff and been doing much but i would say i've made more money this year so far these past six weeks flipping cards than i have spent on collecting and like buying things like i've probably yeah. had more transactional or more volume on the flipping side of stuff the money making but that's how i fund it i don't really use my my own money for like my work money i don't use my work time or my work money in the hobby again i have very separate when i'm at work i'm very focused i'm not like making videos or on ebay or like like i'm very much like my my job's like very intense so i i wouldn't be able to like i just have to focus on that but when i get my own time i'm like both the wall like it's the complete 180 i don't think about work outside of work at all ever Like it's very, very clear cut definition, black and white for me between the two. And it, that works very well with like how busy my head is. So when I do have that time and I can invest into it, like I got to make money so I can fund what I'm doing. Like it's a, for me, it's a separate thing in like multiple different ways. Um, I don't know if I had a different job, if there would be more play around, like maybe a bit more flipping and like looking for opportunities, doing eBay searches. If I had, maybe I was like a, a job where I was like sat waiting for a customer, like in a store, or if I was like waiting for the next call, or so, I don't know. Maybe if it's a job where like I had like a little bit of downplay, I just like I struggle to even eat lunch sometimes. Like my job, my job's pretty crazy, so I just don't have the capacity for it. I think if if I uh, had more time, that's probably what I would invest it into is flipping cards, just because I've yeah. had so much success with it and there's so much opportunity there. There's so many things I see where I'm like, I could literally like spend 10 hours doing that tomorrow and just make a fortune. Like I I could probably take a day off unpaid and make more money flipping cards than I would have at work anyway. Like just because there's so many much opportunity I've seen and noted and got my eyes on that I just don't have the time to invest into it. So yeah, and I don't mean that in a big headed way. Like I know how to make money and most people don't. I I just generally mean like there just is so much opportunity out there to do it. It's just a case of having the time to like sink into it. And also like I've got a bunch of stuff I need to sell. I just need to list it and do it. Like it's just time investment. You know, like you just sent all that stuff to um, Z&G, 200 cards. To Z&G, like I, I mean, would you have made more money if you did it yourself? maybe like probably oh, yeah. negligible probably negligible in terms of like when you add it up against the time investment is is the thing so like i don't yeah. know yeah the time like you said the time is huge for me um and flipping cards so like when i think about flipping that means i'm going and buying this new promo that just dropped i'm buying it mm-hmm. just came out 
I'm going to get it graded. I'm going to get first to market. I want to make the money. So haven't done that really much at all and would love to. It's definitely something I see, obviously, in this YouTube sphere I'm in that I watch all these videos and I see all these people doing it. Would love to do it, especially now after getting I've, wrecked. I've revealed a couple on videos. I've done a couple of videos on some. Yeah. Yep. So it's, I would love to do it. I uh, am more into than always into the vintage things. And I don't think it's really possible to just be that profitable flipping the vintage things um, because, because the gem rate's so much lower than the modern. Is um, that? It's pretty rough and uh, it's discouraging. You've but, bought collections before, though. Yeah, so that I consider a little bit different. Like, obviously, you can make money if you're buying a collection. It's going to be a lot easier to make money if you know how to price things out. Um, so that'll definitely is my favorite way to make be a play, just because it usually it's I'm buying vintage collections. I'm not usually buying modern collections, but um, yeah, it's just. It, I get confused looking at all the rainbows and they all look the same. And I, I don't, I don't freaking bother with those cards. I'm like, I'm good lady. I'm, I'm chilling. So um, probably should start thinking about it more, but I still, it's time. It's when I have extra time, I'm looking more into the collecting and selling some of the stuff I have to fund it. And it's not so much flipping modern, but it seems like it would be a hell of a time for sure. I think I think the thing with modern right now is there's someone that loves anything. Like there's literally anyone. There's people that collect anything. Like yep. Chansey, I mean, all the way to Greninja to like, I don't know, right now, Quaxley. Like there's going to be people that like, will, like some people collect certain trainers. Some people collect like energy cards. Like literally anything there's someone out there we put on ebay even if it's not how much you want for it someone will be interested in buying it at some price point that you can probably make a profit on like if you're smart with it and get a good grade if, if you're doing the grading route it, it's just it just feels like there's just so much opportunity out there but like you say yeah it's, it's time um it's kind of fun though like figuring that out i know you said yeah. you haven't you haven't done a whole lot of it like the the past three years I've sunk into like YouTube and eBay and auctions and buying and selling. Like I feel like I've picked up a lot. I've soaked up a lot from other people, and I've seen a lot like firsthand of like what things sell well and don't, and how fast and like how uh, the pop report influences things, that kind of stuff. I've experienced a lot, and it's kind of like made me realize that I would I would say like. Most people just just want what they want. Like it's it's a lot more simple than people think. Like yeah. people make it out to be. Like people just want what they want. Like they just want a PC ten of this, so they'll buy it. Even if ninety five percent of people won't pay that and don't want to do that, they want to grade it themselves and try to get it cheaper. Like that five percent, they'll pay. Yeah, they're gonna stay and they'll fight you for it. You know, I had I listed a card. I don't know, three weeks ago, it, it sold in minutes. I should have auctioned it, but it sold in minutes. So obviously it was too low and I thought it, I thought it was silly. Like <laughs> what I had listed that. So yeah, I mean, it's just a case of like, I don't know, investing time. Yeah, that really, because the, the time, 
is learning about it at times, investigating and analyzing what's working, the time buying it, shipping it, grading it. Like, there's just so many steps leading up to actually getting paid and getting that net profit. And that's why, you know, a couple of things, little things that I've done, I've tried to make videos and show show some of the numbers just to, like, show, like, I can do it. Like, I'm not a professional. I'm just some random guy in, like, in a, in a little room in Florida. Like, it's it's, like, not rocket science just go get out there and do it so just for reassurance if you did do it i think you'd probably do very well honestly you've you've got so much skills and knowledge from the past few years that you've been playing around yeah i did it a little bit with lost origins um with mm. one of the, some of their, their arts and uh yeah that was it was fun but i definitely would love to dive a little bit deeper especially into the japanese cards because they grade a lot easier and yeah <laughs> Measure your success, I think, is the biggest advice with that yeah. stuff. If you're doing it, like for people out there, measure your success, count in every don't skip on your shipping fees, don't ship on skip on this or that. Like, literally put in everything it costs you, like down to the cents, and work out how much did I make, what's the percentage profit on this card, that card, this set, that play, this play. Like, really, really do it. I'll tell you, most of the highest profit I've had has been non-regular set cards um, from TCG, just inside scoop. Like most, I would say 90% of the profit I've made has yeah. been stuff outside of regular sets. So like you're saying Lost Origin, definitely money there, but that's not the the highest way that I've made money. Yeah. Like from the regular, I've done it, like I've got a bunch, like, you know, they're there, but... Um, Outside of that is where they say riches and niches. I don't think it's niches. I think it's just like just different, just the different places. So dig around. No, it's good. Yeah. No, it's uh. Well, could you ever see yourself doing it full time, dropping the career yeah, off? Absolutely, I would. Yeah. Yep. I don't think I could. <laughs> I don't think I could make that leap because of the kind of career that I'm in uh, and the future that I have within it. Uh, and just how like secure it is um i don't know I'd, I'd have to be in a really good space hobby time wise you know i said about splitting that time I, i'd really have had to have a lot more hobby time and feel a lot more confident that I, the first few weeks would be strong like like right out of the gate i think i'd have to feel that w would you is it something you you consider if you had the possibility of it succeeding Similar boat as you, I would say. I'm comfortable in my job. Um, right now, I'm the only one that has health insurance because my wife's not working. She's a uh, stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. um, job in itself, as you know. <laughs> like, Same. But, yeah, uh, my wife is right now, too. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, definitely not in the near future, but I would love to do something, obviously, as I get older and sh she starts teaching in her job. So, um, yeah several years down the road but in the future for sure it'd be sick i love my job i love my hobby i love both of them so getting to do both right now is is good like i'm very yeah. full i'm very full i'm over full i'm probably a little over fulfilled too i don't know there's a lot going on but uh it's a cool idea it's a cool thing to talk about and i like that i can do it whenever i want right now optionally i don't yeah. have to yeah. sit I don't have to get up 
and go, okay, I've really got to list these cards today. I have to list these cards so I can pay my mortgage. No, I'll just do whatever I want. Like, research, I can play my PlayStation tonight if I want. I don't, I don't need to sell those cards. Like, I'm in a spot where I'm net positive. Like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to mess around with any of it. So, that's, that's like a mentality that might change after doing it. But I don't know. I guess it depends on the success. I'd, I'd need to be doing a lot of live streams. I'd have to keep like mentally in a good spot and like keep energized and motivated. Like I'd have to be interacting with a lot of you guys uh, to keep the momentum going, I think. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely healthy. Just communication, talking with other people, it definitely keeps you, keeps the mind going, keeps you energized, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And it's crazy, like thinking about uh, like old school Pokemon and Dan Catch All Collectibles, like they're different in the sense that they both have pokemon businesses but nick i feel like nick has a lot more things in his collection versus dan where it seems like most of his stuff unless he's being shy and not mentioning things but it seems like most of the stuff is full send mode like it's not he's not really retaining things for a collection whereas nick has um a steam deck display cases he has the no damage nine tails all these different things were it's this nice little collecting niche, which is very normal for people who collect things, is pack collection. Um, and Dan has pretty much turned to the flipper aspect. And I feel it's like nice. when you're selling, when you decide you want to start selling stuff, you don't turn that off. Like, I don't know. Like, if I'm not having a job, I don't, like, I feel like I need to sell everything. Like, it would be tough to keep, keep collecting, you know? Nick, Nick, and Dan is a really interesting dynamic because Dan appeals to my like my business money making side, but like still playing around with it. And Nick yeah. really appeals to my um my collecting and like yeah, I can really see the passion in Nick. Like Nick really fucking likes Pokemon. Like he likes collecting it, he likes talking about it, he likes the cards, he loves doing what what he's doing. Um so they're both like kind of like spirit animals in a different way for me. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that's a really good point. I, I think if you did make that leap, I'd probably be maybe leaned business wise, probably a little bit of like pressure on myself to lean more towards how Dan's approach is. But also like Nick's making a wage whilst having fun and doing what he loves and collecting the things that he wants to collect. So it's like, no one's losing. It's just like a different approach yeah. and different ways of doing things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd probably waste a lot of time doing live streams and talking with people. I think that would be a, be a problem yeah. with me. I, I'm like, I've definitely got, for anyone out there that's ever studied DISC, I'm a high I, I'm an IC. And if you don't, if you've never studied DISC, you won't know what the hell I'm talking about. But basically, I'm like, my personality is like someone that like wants to talk and have fun and like sees the good in stuff and like, you know, a little bit more like wild, I guess, but also like very detailed and analytical focused. So like those two combined is like kind of deadly when it comes to hobby because you want to have fun and like do all this stuff, but like you also really care about the details of it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting. Excuse me. I don't know what my success rate would be like. Yeah. Yep. Cool thought, though. Yep. 100%. So, what's going on with eBay? 
authenticity. Yeah, I did have that. Um, I don't know if, if people know. I, I mean, I'm I'm like fairly in there buying and selling mess around. eBay haven't been as uh, high volume past few few weeks due to the baby come in, um, but they have updated the um, the authenticity guarantee to two hundred and fifty dollar plus slabs. Um, and they're forcing signatures on 750 plus, just like they did before, that kind of stuff. But I just had one. I just sold uh, a few weeks. I think it was like three weeks ago. I sold it for like 290 I think, something like that. And um, I, th- I thought it was 400 I think they just updated it to 250 They must have like just done it. The terms of service, when I was looking, um, it said 400 So I don't know. Maybe I was confused. But it definitely delayed them getting it. I mean, it added like a solid week onto yeah. onto them getting it. I kind of felt bad because I shipped it out like that night. I had it packaged, ready for, and I scheduled a pickup for the morning. Like I was straight on it. I have it set to the three or four day, whatever it is, turnaround time, and then plus shipping. But like, it was delivered to eBay, uh, their place, wherever it, I forget where it was, like Vegas or some. It was like some crazy place. Um, it was like within like two days. It was like two or three days. It got straight there. Priority mail, flat rate box, but it's straight out, straight to them. But the guy didn't get it for like, it was like almost two weeks. I, fe- I felt really bad for him. So, yeah, I don't know if I love that experience, even on the seller end. Like it kind of like bugged yeah. me a little bit that it was like so delayed. And um, I wanted to get it to him. And I didn't get any feedback from him. I don't know if that correlates with the authenticity or not. I'd, I'd be really curious if there's anyone out there that has been selling a lot through eBay authenticity, if they're getting good feedback or not from buyers. What about you? You've used it. You've bought, you've bought that card from, from a little while back, right? I think yeah, I've, I've bought and that. sold the... I probably bought more than I've sold through it, but I've definitely sold a handful of uh, eBay authenticity things. And I love it for me. It's peace of mind. And I get an email saying, Oh, your card has been authenticated. It's pretty awesome. Um, but I had oh, no I didn't get that. Really? Yeah. I no, I didn't, I didn't get any communication at all. I saw it was delivered eventually, but that was the only thing I saw that it said it was delivered in the status of it. I get an email every time it's authenticated. Hmm. Every time it's through that process, it's authenticated. Um, that's weird. <laughs> that would definitely piss me off a little bit to know when when something's moving. I'd have to go look up the tracking, see what's going on. But yeah, um, but yeah, usually it's not too bad, not too bad at all. But uh, the uh, I noticed recently, I think it was Pokemon DNA and maybe a couple other people that had issues with it where they had something wrong, not in the title of it. So they sold something, say, for $400, um, and then the thing gets the eBay authenticity guarantee, and then they actually deny it and send it back to the seller. So that happened because it seemed that the the name of the card in, like, the sub-description was incorrect. Even though the title and the pictures all match, the sub-description mentioned a different mm-hmm. Pokemon, and that likely was the reason they kicked it back, which is feels pretty bad it feels like the description the name title the main title should match the the card and that should be it like the sub description because i know sometimes when you're copying and pasting different listings you don't even change the cert numbers because a lot of them have the old cert numbers and 
I would be pissed if that flagged it and kicked it back to me. You know what I think could solve that? I don't know if this would be more work or less work. I don't know if it'd be I don't know if it'd be smart or 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 done. What if when you listed the card, you shipped it to eBay and it went to their vault and they updated it with what it actually is if there is any changes that need to be made? Just like if you shipped it to them and they because they do the listing if you put yep. it in their vault anyway, right? So what yep. if they just said, yep, that checks out. That's exactly what we would have said. Or, oh, you forgot to do that. You sh- like this listing is on hold until you make correction changes, something like that. Just kind of like a more proactive and then just store it in a vault, at- authenticate it. And then when it sells, they can s- send it out the next day. Instead of that delay from selling, going to eBay, authenticate and getting out. I feel like that would really streamline it and the listing would be, everyone would be agreed on it. Yeah. That yeah. could help. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe just send your cards to eBay and just sell them that way anyway. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I also wish there was an option. I, I don't know if I mentioned it in this podcast before, but um, the option, just click it off. Like if I'm buying from TCA Gaming, Catch Them All Collectibles, uh, ZNG Emporium, let me buy this $400 slab and just click a little checkbox that says, no, you don't need to send it for authenticity. Pretty much just waiving my, my ability to file a claim essentially at that point, just send me the card. I want it faster. Um, I think that should be like a, you're signing a waiver at that point saying I will not return this card if you click it, but give me the option. That'd be cool. And a reduced fee. Because you shouldn't be paying for it. <laughs> I feel like we're definitely paying for it. Yeah, fees, fees, like, yeah. It's yep. not free to have someone do all that stuff and all the, the software code behind it. Yeah, there, there's definitely room for improvement there, streamlining, making it smoother. I like the idea of the eBay vault for, I know I'm going to list on Sunday these cards. I'm going to put them at a seven day auction Sunday. And I'm going to list them to finish the next Sunday. Instead of doing that and some being in authenticity, why don't I just tomorrow just send them all to eBay, wait for them to hit their vault, they list them, and then I just click the button or whatever to, to sell them. Maybe that is what they want. Maybe that is the best way to go. You know, more of a PWCC style, but like a little bit of control. I don't know. There's no control with PWCC, right? You send them in to auction. You can't control which auction. Or like when or how long or anything. There's a little bit of flexibility with eBay at least. Yeah, I feel like you're doing enough volume with PWCC. I feel like they'll give you a sales rep and you could probably negotiate some different things. But um, yeah, if you're just pumping in small quantities, for sure, you're just going to be bottom of the barrel. Yeah, the that is nice, the sales rep thing. I think I've mentioned before... Um, that I have like a guy like assigned to me and he sends me like um, free labels, like to like send just, you know, the 20 bucks, yeah. whatever it costs to send them. But like, um, yeah, I haven't experienced like a lot of flexibility with that. It's just kind of like, Hey, like, let me know if you want me to get these listed ASAP. And he did, he like pushed them in on listed ASAP, that kind of stuff. But it still wasn't like, I want it on this date, put it on this one. That conversation never has never happened yet. Maybe that is possible. 
but still yeah. a, a click of a button would be way nicer just to like have that three in the morning just be able to like control it kind of thing yeah I don't know. Yeah. yeah no i think it's great great thing for the hobby I'm, and i was just thinking about it. i'm glad ebay is not owned by one of these freaking companies they're kind of their own it's not golden who is yeah. owned by whoever it's not whatever owned by whoever it's kind of just its own mega corporation and they all get a play off of it like pwcc and uh psa and cdc they don't they don't have any ownership of ebay which is kind of nice ebay just swings their massive male whale dick around and just kind of owns the place so do you think their vault and their um offices and stuff are like the same location do you think it's no. like a separate place yeah, it's separate. They put it in uh, whatever state that doesn't get uh, sales tax. Oregon. I forget what state that is. Oregon, you said? That's one of them. Yeah. yeah I, actually, now you say it. Yeah, I do, I do remember. There's yeah. prob- they probably, of course, they obviously they have employees there and probably some version of offices, but I'm sure it's not an HQ at all. What's the one that begins with D? Which state is D? Delaware? Delaware. I think it's Delaware. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. So, getting late. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this bad boy up actually. So, but man, it's been uh it's great talking to you. Um we'll see if Same. I left, left the clip, everybody get to meet my wife for the first time. <laughs> I probably will. I, I don't feel like editing it out, so Glad everybody got to meet my wife, and uh, she was uh, sweating her balls off carrying that 300-pound box up here by herself. She's a legend. All right, Oak, what do you got going on this week? Any any send-offs? Um, I need to organize that. For it looks pretty freaking organized. Collecticon. No, it's piled. Oh. It's definitely not organized. I need to press out and see, like, am I going to bring some? Am I going to press it out? Am I going to? I don't know what I'm going to do. So I need to have a look through some of them are gifts that I want to get signed from people. Um, so yeah. I need to sort, sort those out, get those orders and labeled ready, so I can grab a signature from them. Um, yeah, there's a. There, I got a bit of like organization to do. Uh, this week is like an organization week. I got to get got to get prepped and tidy up, guys. I finally got. Last night I got the my shipping that I was behind done. Um, I got a couple of prizes and stuff shipped out. Stuff I've given away recently. I got that shipped out this morning, so that stuff's on the way. But what about you? What you got going on? Same. I got a. I need to price things out, get things set aside for Collecticon and our next podcast. For those of you that don't know, we're haven't really talked about it much. We're going to dive into it a little bit deeper. What's going on? What we're going to be selling and the plans and. That's going to be fun discussion. Um, those of you who don't know, there's a big convention down in Orlando, Florida on the weekend of the 25th, 24th, 25th, 26th, something like that. So that's mm-hmm. coming up this month, and I will be meeting this gentleman here in the other side of the screen for the first time. So it'll be a riot, man. They're thoroughly looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's going to be fun. There's quite a few people. I know we've been invited to uh, someone's house that evening on the Saturday night too. I think there's a few different things going on. So it's going to be fun um, getting together. I'm excited to talk about it and start prepping and planning and kind of uh, getting the excitement, the buzz going. It still feels so far away, even though it's so close. 
Yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. All right, man. Well, you guys have a good night. Appreciate you guys uh, watching the stream, watching the uh, the podcast. You guys have a good one, all right? See ya. Bye, guys. Peace. <laughs>